Shalom, shalom. Welcome back to Exercising Your Faith Podcast. I am your co-host, Anita Armstrong. Time is flying. It seems like just a few hours ago, I was here sharing with you, and here we are back again on the podcast, getting ready to jump into some juicy word. I just want to share real quick that we are doing big things. We're doing different things this week during this time on the podcast. If you've noticed, we've had a podcast come out two times already this week, and this will be our third, and we're going to have a part one today and a part two tomorrow of our studies and who knows there may be another one coming right after that so i encourage you to stay tuned and keep coming back listening learning more and using this word to get a better understanding of god's word and how it impacts your life amen um as we were sharing a few times before it's it's women history month in america and so i've been studying about women in the bible of course as i shared before jezebel is still in my spirit about you know learning about her not sure exactly where all this is going to lead to but it always does lead to something so amen i'm, I'm all for it so in in my studying this morning i wanted to share with you about a woman named rahab r-a-h-a-b all right and rahab in joshua in chapter two i want to talk about this window and rahab was considered to be a prostitute in her country her town or whatnot and god used her and instead like jezebel she was a called like a villain or what you know a bad guy or bad woman whatever in the story of rahab she's actually a prostitute remember had those confused she's actually a prostitute and she comes out to be a heroine or a hero a good guy in this story so rahab she was helping some some uh men some spies and she kept them safe enemies came looking for them she distracted them said they're not here i saw them run that way whatever and then the enemy left and she told the men that they're free to go it's safe and and how can you you know my loyalty how can you help me how can i need your help like I did a thing for you. Now I need a favor in return. And they said, well, when we come back to destroy the city of Jericho, we will save your life. Keep this red scarlet thread or fabric and hang it out your window. And we know that this house is to be saved, that no one will come to harm in this house. So go gather all your family, go gather all your people and you hide here, stay inside here. And we will let you know when it's all over, when it's safe to come out. They kept their word. They kept their word and the men they escaped they were hiding on the roof and when it was time for them to go and you know leave and escape and all of that the men that she was hiding there were two they went out through a window and why i keep talking about this window is because when we go back to jezebel in second kings 9 and 30 jezebel was thrown or pushed through a window of her palace her house her dwelling place she was pushed through her window and she plummeted to her death there carts or wagons rolled over her splatted i mean it was it was something you go back and read that in second kings 9 and 30 she died she fell out of her window and then in rahab instance that window was an avenue of escape and in the long run, it became a symbol of victory because remember, she also hung that red fabric out of the window and that is what saved 
her family and herself. Amen. So again, studying, I mean, to me, it's better than watching TV and movies and, you know, stories. And to me, the Bible is so full of so much variety. You have bad guys, good guys, murder. I mean, come on, there's even, there's even, um, secrets and poison and, 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 and plotting. And like, there's everything that you can find in a mystery movie or some type of series, all of it, even sex and love and all that it's in the Bible. So I always say, spend more time in your Bible and you won't have to spend so much time looking to be entertained with worldly things. That's just me. I do go to the movies and I do do, you know, I do watch movies and TV and I just don't do it as much as I used to. I used to spend hours a day, shame to say, but I used to spend hours a day watching TLC. Now I spend a lot of time receiving TLC from God by sticking and staying in my word and just learning and applying it to my life. Amen. All right. So we're going to jump into today's message. I am going to give part one of today's message. We'll see how far we get and we'll just pick up on where we leave off on today. We'll pick on, pick it up tomorrow. The name of, or the title of my message for us today is called Restoring a Broken Spirit restoring a broken spirit amen and when we're talking about a broken spirit or when we're just talking about a a spirit in general you know the spirit can be wounded the spirit can be encouraged the spirit can be happy the spirit can be sad so we all have a spirit we're all in my mind and how i see it is that we're all born with the spirit according to the word and how i perceive So a broken spirit is the same as a contrite heart, which means when the inner spirit or the inner will has been broken or conquered, so it no longer runs after the things that it wants, but it surrenders to the things that the conqueror wants. So a broken spirit or a broken or having a broken heart will say, I no longer do this my way or on my terms, but I surrender and I do it your way. And when I think about that, I'm thinking about prisoners. They've done something wrong. They've been convicted. They're sent to prison. And then they go through a reformation. There's a punishment. They're taken, their liberties are taken away. They only can do so many things at a certain time. And then they have to return back to a space that's unfavorable to most. So they go through something that's called reformation. When we're talking about animals, like you have a dog and he's always jumping on the couch or or your cat's always clawing up your furniture or whatever animal that you have, you have these obedience classes or training academies that you can take your pets to and they will teach them how to behave the way that you want and abandon the, the behavior that you're not happy about, amen? And then when you're thinking about addictions, We have rehabs, we have support groups, we have specialty facilities that help people cope with getting rid of old habits, knocking out old habits or addictions and being able to function in a healthier way, in a healthier lifestyle. So when we're talking about restoration or restoring, we're talking about abandoning the desire, I'm gonna say the flesh desires and adopting something that is considered to be more positive or healthy. Amen. So basically when dealing with a broken spirit, we're facing unfavorable behaviors, 
unfavorable mindsets and unfavorable acts. So the scripture focus for this particular message today is going to come from Proverbs 18, verse 14. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. And that reads, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, comma, but who can bear a broken spirit? Amen. And my focus is going to be on the part after the comma, but who can bear a broken spirit? Amen. So we spend more time on nurturing our bodies. Wouldn't you say we spend more time on our looks? We spend more time on the exterior, how, how it's, how it's perceived, how many likes, how many followers. We spend so much time on the outside, nurturing our bodies, nurturing relationships that are, I I would say, surface level. And we don't spend a lot of time really nurturing our spirit. So you think about this. How much time do you spend a week? And if you need to break it down to just a day, how much time do you spend in a lump of time on your outward appearance? Some people may say it takes me about an hour and a half to get ready for work. Okay, it takes me about two hours to get ready to go out with the girls or go out with the fellas, right? Or I go to the gym and I spend about six, six to five hours a week in the gym. And then when you relate that to how much time do you spend on nurturing and feeding your spirit? How much time do you spend on your relationship with God? How much time in a week or a time or a day do you spend? And so when we look at that, we can see that it's lopsided. If there's a scale, our spirit is malnutritioned where our exterior seems to get more attention and more input and more um, pampering than our own spirit does. So we're compromised of as a human body or human, the human consists of three parts. If you have your notes, go ahead and write this down. The three parts are our spirit, our soul, and our body. The human consists of three parts, our spirit, our soul, and our body. We are spiritual beings with a soul that lives in a body. So the difference between the soul and the spirit is that the function of the soul is to interact with the things around us and the physical world through the five basic senses. Do you remember what the five basic senses are? Uh, Touch sight, smell, taste, and hearing, right? So the five basic senses, our soul interacts with the world through the five basic senses. Whereas the function of the spirit is to connect or to refuse to connect to the relationship of God. Some of us are atheists. Some of us are like, we don't believe, da, da, da. And so they refuse to connect with God. And then there are those of us who want to connect with God. The sole purpose of the spirit is relationship with God. When I think back to the theory and when I think back to Genesis, when Adam was created, Adam was formed by dust and was given a living spirit and a soul. And you can look that up in Genesis 2 and 7. Genesis 2 and 7 reads, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Amen. That's Genesis 2 and 7. 
And so when I think about the spirit and the soul, I kind of put them side by side. It's like I put my fists together. One side is spirit, one side is soul. And so on the spirit side is God conscious. On the soul side, it's self-conscious. When you go back to the spirit side, the spirit side communicates with God. The spirit side worships God. The spirit side serves God. And the spirit side establishes a relationship with God. And then when you look on the soul side, the soul thrives on brain power, on intellect, on, on, on knowledge. The self just focuses on facts, you know, science. I would say that the soul focuses on science. And then when you go back to the spirit side, we see that God dwells in the spirit. Amen. When you're on the soul side, self dwells in the soul. So I always say the soul can be very selfish because the soul's purpose is to deal with the environment. And a lot of times we're saying the body wants to preserve, you know, the body will do the fight and flight and, you know, and all that to, to stay alive. That the focus of the soul is to stay alive, to stay living where the spirit is like, no matter what, I'm good with God. As long as me and God are good, we're good, whether here on earth or after. So that, that's that to me, that helped me to understand the spirit side of things and the soul side of things. Uh, just like when we talked about Jezebel, there was a time when I thought the spirit and the soul were the exact same thing. I thought they were interchangeable. And oftentimes people use it interchangeably like that. So that's the difference. And to me, um, I hope that helps you to kind of differentiate the two. All right. And to me, when I was thinking about this whole thing, it's better to have a weak body with a strong spirit than to have a weak spirit and a strong body. What do you think about that? I know this man who was going through, um, he was going through a couple of different things. He had a stroke, he had blood clots going on, um, he had kidney, he was going through kidney failure, and he was just going through a whole bunch at the same time. A Christian man, devout Christian man, strong, strong Christian man, and no matter what, through the whole time, even when there was times when he couldn't verbalize what he would normally say, you could tell in his eyes that he did not lose his glimmer, his love for God. And as his function started to return to him and he could only move his neck, where well, he could talk just a little bit. And I watched him one time when a video was playing, a Christian video, um, he slowly raised his arms up to the Lord. And, you know, and there was a time when all he could do was raise his arms up to about uh, armpit level high. And he would, he would, he would raise them up that high, however it would go. And he would just, tears would come. And he, though his body was under attack and struggling, he never, never, never became weak in the spirit. So to me, it is very much, very much important to have a strong spirit I would like to have a strong body as well, but definitely to have a strong a strong spirit. If the spirit is wounded, the person suffers greatly. To me, the person suffers more if the spirit is wounded than if the body is. Can you imagine if both are equally wounded? If the spirit and the body are both going through hell? To me, I, I think, I'm like, I feel so bad for somebody who's going through that. And I believe that happens all the time. I believe it happens all the time. So if the spirit is wounded, the person 
suffers tremendously. Spiritual suffering sometimes come from having unprotected gates. And when I'm talking about the gates, I'm talking about those five senses again, specifically the gates of ears, the eyes, the mouth, the touch, and the taste. I talk about the gates all the time to young people, especially to my kids. The music, what they're listening to, what they're saying, what they're seeing, what they're tasting as in alcohol and drugs. Like you think you're just playing with it. You're just going to do it this one time. You know what you're touching. You think it's just one time, but the enemy's whole point is to get you to become stuck on it. So then in turn that it can cause you a suffering that could in, in the end go towards terminating your life. That's the whole purpose of the enemy. Amen. All the enemy needs is a pinhole opening to get into your soul. Just a tiny opening. Now think about this. The tiny opening the enemy will get in and make a mess. And at the on the other side, I think about the scale all the time. There's always the opposite. If we have that tiny mustard seed, that tiny mustard seed of faith, how we can move mountains. It only, it just depends on which way you're going to go. All you need is a tiny seed, a tiny opening, and a whole bunch can take place. It just, it just depends on which side of the scale are you going to be on, amen? All the enemy needs is a tiny hole to get into your soul. If the enemy is not evicted quickly, a breach, I call it a breach in the spirit, begins to form. When the army, we're like, there's been a breach. It's like an alarm. It's like chaos. It's like, oh no, we have, we, we, we've had the enemy leak into the system somehow. We got to get, we got to fix this right away. So if there is a breach in your spirit, then, and if it's left unprotected, nobody goes to take care of it. You don't go and you don't take care of it. The spirit will repeatedly be attacked, abused, and disconnected from the glory of God. Amen it will definitely start to have some long lasting issues if that breach is not taken care of. And so as we get ready to, um, I, I just want you to focus on that for now. And we're gonna come back tomorrow and finish up with part two. Tomorrow we're gonna talk about what are some steps that we can take what are some things that we can apply? And I and I keep thinking of it like a, a broken spirit, right? Restoring a broken spirit. So I see it like a wound. So I'm seeing it like what can we can we put on? What kind of medicine? What kind of ointment? What do we need to put on those wounds to create healing and to start the restoration process? Amen. So I want you to focus on areas in your life where you might be wounded. Now, I can even tell you this, that I feel like I'm a pretty strong spiritual individual. Okay, some people say you have a really strong spirit woman, a really strong spirit man, whatever the gender is. I don't think spirits have gender. That's me. That's me. I'm still studying on that, so I don't know. But to me, the spirit is not connected so much to the earth. And earth, you know, we're doing this male, female thing. But to me, a spirit is just the spirit. You know, you're strong, you're not strong. You know, you're, you know, you're good spirit, you're not a good spirit. You know, I, you know, you're a big spirit, you're a small spirit. I don't know. That's just me sharing. But I want you to search your spirit. Some people say search your heart, right? This time I want you to specifically search your spirit. Now remember, your spirit is the connection between you and God, right? 
identify, identify where there may be weakness and ask God to help you to strengthen those spots. You don't want any breaches. You don't want any pinholes. You don't want any gates open that will allow the enemy to come in. And I told you about the gates, those five gates. Check your areas in those five areas. Do we call a security check and see where you need to put more alarms, where you need to put more guards, where you need to put more focus on so that you can remain strong and to continue to be strong, to grow strong, to move stronger so that you can build. And so you become big. You can become a big, big spirit that is mighty because, you know, as we age, our body tends to change. And so we want to make sure that as we go through trials and tribulations, whether it's medical, mental, physical, whatever it may be, that we have that strong spirit that can continue to be in the right hands with God. Remember Proverbs 18 and 14 says, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. So your spirit that is fed by God, your spirit that is God focused can sustain you in sickness, which is we're talking about the body. So as your body goes through, your spirit stays strong so that you can be sustained during that season. Amen. All right. We'll come back tomorrow for part two. And we are, the lesson we're on is called Restoring a Broken Spirit. And I look forward to sharing with you, learning from you. Again, you can send us email with your questions, comments, praise reports, testimonies to exercisingyf at gmail.com. And we will be right back here again tomorrow for part two. You all be blessed. Shalom.